You are Locked On Blue Jays, your daily podcast on the Toronto Blue Jays, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, Blue Jays fans, and welcome to Locked On Blue Jays, your daily dose of Toronto Blue Jays talk directly into your headspace. I'm your host, Ryan Andrews. I am back here on the Locked On Podcast Network, the number one sports daily podcast network, coming at you from my usual post out on the East Coast in Nova Scotia. Uh, we, we have a series that we have to talk about, and we're going to do our best to talk about it today, that three-game set at Yankee Stadium, which did not go great. And we are going to focus on the main part of why that did not go great, and that is the rotation. The rotation had just a miserable time with that Yankees lineup. So today we're going to focus on them and what each of the three starters went through in that series and what they can take from it, what they can do to grow from it. And then like, that'll be the first couple of segments. And then in the third one, we'll kind of focus on some positive news out of the bullpen and some negative news out of the bullpen. Again, it was not a good time for the blue Jays in Yankee stadium. And like you, you had to expect going into it that, yeah, the Yankees were going to have their way with the Blue Jays, just given the way this season has gone for the team. But a sweep in New York, and and let's just actually dive right into it, because the it, it got off to a rocky start on Friday, but Friday was the best game the Blue Jays had. Maybe because it was only seven innings because of the rain, but it it was a very disappointing game for the Blue Jays, that 7-5 loss on Friday, and it wasn't just disappointing because Joe Biagini came in and gave up the lead again. Uh, Marcus Stroman, the ace of the Blue Jays staff, and we say ace because really who else is there? Uh, Marcus Stroman only pitched four innings in that game for 88 pitches for those four frames. And the finger issues were evident immediately. He was having issues throwing strikes and the Yankees were just sitting back on a lot of pitches of his. And, you know, they, they got him to the tune of five runs and four innings that three-run blast by Neil Walker in the fourth, obviously being the big blow, but it's it's just another rough instance for Marcus Stroman. And it, again, the, it was clear the finger was bothering him, and he did go on the disabled list this weekend with it. And it it's another finger issue with a young starter on this Blue Jays team, and. I don't know about you, but I'm as sick of hearing about this as everyone else. I don't know what is going on with the fingers of these players. Like, I've seen tweets where, like, just get 
Marcus Stroman and Aaron Sanchez to learn how to play the guitar, and that'll build the calluses up, and they'll be fine. I don't know if it's that simple. I don't... I, I'm obviously not a doctor, but I don't know how they can continue go out there and continue to pitch like that, because that's the other thing, too. I mean, Stroman knew he was dealing with this issue, but he still wanted to go out there, still wanted to try and pitch... And we thank him for his efforts, but when you're going out there knowing you're not at full capacity, I wonder if you're not just doing more damage to yourself than if you just take the time off and heal. And obviously Strowman's going to do that now, but it it does also speak to the position the Blue Jays have found themselves in where like four-fifths of the initial starting rotation is either injured, traded, or banished to the bullpen for for the remainder of the season. So I get why Stroman felt he had to, had to go out there and like give a start to this team, but in the end, it just was not feasible for him to really go out there and and do it. And I question whether or not he has more damage to himself because of it. So, looking looking at the way the, the Blue Jays' rotation shakes up now, it's going to be incredibly difficult going forward. And, and we'll actually talk about that in the second segment when we talk about the other two starters in this weekend series. Because we're, we're going to talk about them together because they're pretty linked. But, again, you, you look at what the Blue Jays have been able to bank from guys who they're like, okay, we're going to get seven innings out of this guy. Remember the old days when Roy Halladay, like, okay, we know we're getting seven, eight hours out of Roy Halladay. Blue Jays have no one they can count on anymore to be like, okay, this guy is going to go out. He's going to give us seven strong innings. We're, we're going to set him, forget him. It's it's a lottery with the Blue Jays now. They have no idea what they're going to get from their starter on a nightly basis. And that puts such a strain on the bullpen. And everyone can see it because this is the same problem that the Blue Jays have had all year. They can't get any length from their starters. So the bullpen comes out and the bullpen's overworked and gives up five run innings. And it's just a mess trying to calibrate that and and then expecting your offense to do things to pick it up which no no don't be expecting that from this Blue Jays offense this year because they have the same kind of inconsistency they're going up there and they're they're swinging and they're not making contact with anything just uh, the K rate for this Blue Jays offense is absolutely silly they struck out 31 times in three games. Like, you, you can't expect any kind of consistency when you're repeatedly taking trips right back to the dugout without even running down the first base line, running out a grounder. So, for a pitcher like Marcus Stroman to suddenly become as unreliable as he has with that finger issue... It, it honestly makes more sense for him to be on the DL at this point until it's fully healthy. And yeah, I know that's a big arm for the Blue Jays to lose 
out of the rotation because that means the ace is now Marco Estrada, which that's that's great. That's great for people. But again, this is not a season for the Blue Jays to be forcing players to go out there injured or or even letting them go out there. And I know John Gibbons is is a player's manager and he's going to be like, okay, you want to go out there, go out there. But it it has to be about preservation now. It has to be about moving forward in in with this franchise and getting ready for 2019 and 2020, which we'll talk about what the Saturday and Sunday starts do for those 2019 and 2020 teams right after this. But just I want to remind y'all that NFL season is coming up. And if you are looking for coverage on your favorite NFL teams, the Locked On Podcast Network has you covered with daily podcasts about every NFL franchise, as well as the main Locked On NFL show, which is really exciting. They got a lot of guests scheduled for weekly appearances on the Locked On NFL show this year. And Matt Williamson's host and... Every Monday, he's going to have like your local experts on from whatever team you follow. And then on Wednesdays, he's going to have Mike Renner from Pro Football Focus. On Thursdays, he's going to have Mike Sando of ESPN. And just announced this week, Sage Rosenfels, former NFL quarterback, is going to be on Tuesdays. So you're going to get great guests every week on that show. So be sure to follow Locked on NFL wherever you get your podcast, Google Play, iTunes, wherever you'll get that amazing content and be set for the NFL season coming up. So we will be set to talk about the young rookie starters next. Okay, so like I said, it was not great for the Blue Jays and the rotation was a big cause of that. And... Yeah, it got really bad for the rookie starters. Sean Reed Foley and Ryan Barucki combined for five innings of work. They gave up a total of 14 runs, 12 earned. So, yeah, that's that's not great. That's a ridiculous, ridiculously short amount of time to get from your starters and it completely wrecked this team going forward because John Gibbons had to go out there and say, Hey, Joe Biagini, I know we don't like you as a starter anymore, but go give us three and a third innings. Thomas Pannone, I know you are supposed to be starting in place of Marcus Stroman on Wednesday, but we need some innings out of you. Go give us some innings. And it, it was, tough to watch like Sean Reed Foley let's start with Sean Reed Foley it's only his second start in the majors and he has to go into Yankee Stadium and he's a fly ball pitcher and he's in an absolute band box so that was never going to go well for Sean Reed Foley and the Yankees put runs across on him in every inning they took him for three home runs which again Sean Reed Foley's a fly ball pitcher he's he's going to give up some of those and when you have guys like D.D. Gregorius and Giancarlo Stanton in there, and Miguel Andahar had the third, which, okay. But battling through as Sean Reed Foley did, he did get six strikeouts, which is nice. 
walk three batters, which isn't great. But again, it's about kind of getting that experience and getting acclimatized to the major leagues and getting to the point where a trip to Yankee Stadium is just another day. So in in that aspect, it was good. But but yeah, the, the problems that Sean Reed Foley had in his first start against Kansas City were very evident in his second start against the Yankees. The fly balls were a problem. He he put extra runners on board and and couldn't keep them from crossing the plate. Uh, he wasn't getting a lot of like look strikes. And again, against the Yankees team, that's very good at sitting back and just making a pitcher work, making them tire themselves out so they get those mistake pitches. Sean Reed Foley was playing right into their hands. But he did a far better job than Ryan Barucki, who I we we've talked about the problems the Blue Jays have had with their starters not giving them room to work with, not giving them cushions, not putting them in positions to succeed, putting them down from the outset. And when Randall Gritchuk took J-Hap deep in the first inning, first of all, I got the whole J-Hap is a sleeper agent sect on Twitter lighting me up, which I I wouldn't put it past him. If if the Hap is planning on coming back to the Blue Jays next year, I, I'm sure he would be amenable to giving his former teammates a little confidence boost. But yeah, that early lead was should have been something that Barucki could take and, and really work with but he was shocked he he was just so so baffled like eight of his first 14 pitches were balls and it put Aaron Hicks and Giancarlo Stanton on and that's that's fine I guess but the second those two got on double steal which we saw in his Kansas City start Ryan Barucki isn't great at dealing with guys who are going to run on him. And I don't know if that was the intentional plan of Aaron Boone to, to unsettle him immediately, but it worked because right after that, Miguel Andahar single, Didi Gregorius single, Glaber Torres bunt single, which if that isn't the absolute epitome of what the Blue Jays cannot do in one play can't bunt can't use speed and and the the they're just letting these guys get on base like that and then greg bird with the grand slam six runs before he even gotten out absolutely ridiculous i called him borshooky on social media because he was shook he could not get anything going. He got two outs, and then Joe Biagini came in. And let, let's give Joe Biagini credit. He did amazing mop-up work, which I don't know if that's his future in MLB, but Biagini gave the Blue Jays what they needed. It was a John Axford-like performance from Joe Biagini. But... This this is something that Ryan Barucki really needs to work on in the offseason, and that's being able to deal with runners on. Like, I know he likes to work quick, and that is something that potentially 
base runners are going to use against them because they know because Barucki wants to work quick, he's not as likely to use his pickoff moves or keep a runner honest. And that that's something that the catchers of the Blue Jays have to work on too. Danny Jansen's going to have to work on on maybe doing some snap throws down to first base or getting getting that cannon online going to second and going to third. Because if Ryan Barucki's not able to keep runners honest with like a pickoff throw, and I say a pickoff throw, I don't want like nine pickoff throws off the first base. That's not good for anyone. So don't get me twisted there. But his, his inability to really deal with those base runners, and if the managers know they can get to him by moving them, by by pushing them over, using whatever means necessary, then it's not going to help him be effective. Like he has to be able to deal with that. And, and I know it's a, it's not even cute. Like John Lester, not being able to throw the first Ryan Barucki seems to have a big problem with runners moving on him. So I, I don't know if that's a mental thing where he has to kind of put it out of his mind. If that's where the, where Danny Jansen comes and is like, Hey, just calm down, just pitch and, and you'll eliminate them yourself. But he got rattled in two straight starts because there were runners moving on him. So it is something that the Blue Jays have to look at him to kind of fix and, and work on in the off season because it just puts an immense strain on that bullpen and we're going to talk about a couple arms in that bullpen, and in particular one that Blue Jays fans got to know this weekend and should probably keep getting to know because he could be a big part of the future next. Okay, so in the continuing parade of Blue Jays making their MLB debuts this season because... What else are we going to do this season? Uh, Justin Schaefer is the latest Blue Jay to get his MLB career underway in 2018. The eighth round pick in 2014 out of the University of Florida came up uh, after delivering a 114 ERA this season across Buffalo and New Hampshire. So he's He's been dominant out of the pen. He's, he's not really a strikeout guy. Um, but he he's a guy who can work through things and, and really generate those kind of outs that you want. You know, he can get a strikeout, but he's really good at getting the ground out. So Schaefer comes in for his major league debut in a very low stress situation, fifth inning of a blowout. And it was rocky. Like Schaefer loaded the bases, which obviously not ideal. And he did plunk Kyle Higashioka, which you should not be doing that to a catcher who can barely hit. But he worked out of it. He got Shane Robinson the ground out to end the threat. And while, again, he did load the bases, it was a decent outing for a, for a first appearance. It's similar to what Thomas Pannone's been able to put up. 
And if the Blue Jays can use Schaefer going forward, I mean, he's he's not going to take Ken Giles' job anytime soon, but he all, he does have that closing experience for Buffalo this season. He had 15 saves for the Bison. So if he can go out there and just be a guy who can continually keep batters from coming across when they don't have to, like that, that's a useful fireman for the Blue Jays to have, and and especially going into next season, because there are other arms that are proving they need more work. We big up Luis Santos last week on the podcast. He proceeded to go out and allow four runs in an inning of work. So thanks, Luis. Enjoy Buffalo for your efforts. So that wasn't great, and then. Tim Meza went out in the Sunday game and took it on the chin to the tune of four earned runs, which, again, it was just, it was death by a thousand cuts for Tim Meza. He just could not put anything past those Yankees batters. And it it, it was, again, very rough to try try and watch and deal with because it it's those kind of innings those kind of innings that the Blue Jays have no ability to generate themselves that absolutely kill you when trying to watch and and to see Tim Mesa just go out there and just you know couldn't couldn't find the plate half the time couldn't get anyone to chase it was just rough to try and see that so for Schaefer to go out there and be able to put up a clean frame, that is the sort of thing that is going to give the Blue Jays fans hope that the bullpen next season is going to take shape around that and kind of build. And you'll have your Ken Jennings. You'll have Ryan Tapera. Schaefer can be a big part of that solution as he gets more acclimatized to major league pitching. He's a high floor, low ceiling kind of guy, but you know those are the kind of guys who can go out, just do their job, give you the inning and that's exactly what the Blue Jays should be going for as we run down the clock on 2018 and thank you all for continuing to do so with me here on Locked On Blue Jays it's your daily dose of Toronto Blue Jays talk I do my best to put it out every day for y'all because y'all keep me going and you make me proud to be a part of the Locked On Podcast Network and I will continue to do so. If you want to follow this podcast on Twitter, you can do so at Locked On Jays. You can follow the MLB podcast at Locked On MLB. And you can follow me on Twitter at NeoAC18. That's N E O A C 18. Get at me and I will get back at you. And we can have some great conversations about who should remain on this Blue Jays team moving forward how to best deal with this team moving forward. And I've got some fine beverage tips on there. Some some yummy lemonade. So we will continue to move forward with this season. And thank you all so much for moving forward with me. So for everyone here at the Locked On Podcast Network, I'm Ryan Andrews. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode of Locked On Blue Jays. And y'all take care.